Does your life need more meaning? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you'll hear from Beckett Cook, who was on our previous show, who lived a life hanging around famous people, but couldn't find meaning in his life. I think that's an interesting thought. What am I here for? What's my purpose? And what's the meaning of all of this? And that was the struggle I had throughout my life. It wasn't until I found the Lord that I started to realize what the meaning of life is. Mm. And so if you're struggling with that, you're going to hold on to this because I believe God's going to show you the purpose and meaning for your life. Yeah. A lot of my life, I was always looking for more meaning. I think a lot of us, when we go through kind of the cyclical parts of life, you know, get up, go to work, go Mm -hmm. to bed, (laughs) right? or school for some who are listening, whatever it is, there's kind of like this cycle and it can feel kind of mundane. It can Mm. feel like meaningless. Why am I doing this? Yeah. But the Bible says in Proverbs 19, 21, it says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. What I really love about that scripture is it says that, yes, we might have some plans, Mm-hmm. But really, God's purpose will not only prevail over our plans, but He does have a purpose for us. Mm-hmm. God has a purpose for your life. Don't you understand? If we think that, oh, I have to make meaning and try to you know, make up a bunch of stuff so that I can feel more important or more needed, mm-hmm. the truth is you are needed. God loves you and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's a good plan. And that's what I found when I called out to the Lord and I said, Lord, what is the purpose of my life? He started to show me instead of me just trying to make things happen. And if you're in that situation, I encourage you call out to the Lord and ask him. Let's hear from Beckett after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Lay. Hello, everyone. Joining us once again is Beckett Cook, and he was sharing with us that at a young age, he started to have same-sex attraction, and he was raised in a Catholic school, but had no connection with God. He ended up as a teenager starting to get into relationships with other guys, and then came out and started to tell his family and friends that he was actually gay. So we're going to find out what happened. And welcome to the show, Beckett. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. So I understand that as you got older, you were in the Hollywood scene. You knew the rich and the famous. You've been to a lot of movie premieres. You started doing set designs. I mean, you were at the peak of life and felt like, wow, this is what life's all about. I'm having a blast. I've got money. I'm in the know. And it was just perfect for you. You had a relationship And for you at that point, God was like non-existent in a sense, because you knew you couldn't be a part of that group because you believed if there was a God, that homosexuality was wrong. So tell me a little bit about where you were at in this time of your life of having fun and where God was at in your life. Yeah. So, I mean, I was having so much fun and I would end up at, you know, crazy things. I would end up at Prince's house up in Beverly Hills. And he would perform a concert in his backyard for three hours. You know, it was weird. Like I would end up having dinner with Meryl Streep at the Oscars at the governor's ball afterwards. Like she was at our table and Mm. this kind of stuff went on for years. And the law of diminishing returns started to set in at a certain point. 
And then it really hit me in March of 2009. I was in Paris. I was at Fashion Week. I would go to Fashion Weeks in New York and Paris a lot. And I was at Fashion Week in Paris. I went to a bunch of the shows. I went to a bunch of the after parties. And I was at an after party. I think it was Stella McCartney's after party. You know, the fashion world was there. It was like everyone from the fashion crowd was there. I think Kanye was even there. And I just remember I was drinking champagne and I was sitting with Rachel Zoe, who was like, she had her own show on Bravo, like a fashion show. And I just remember looking out over the crowd of people dancing and having fun and thinking, is that all there is to life? Like, I just felt this overwhelming sense of emptiness. And I felt like, wow, like I've been doing this stuff for so long and this isn't going to cut it anymore. And I don't know what to do for the rest of my life. I was in a panic. I actually left the party and went back to my hotel and I just was up all night in a panic because I was like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I can't keep doing this. Mm. This kind of life isn't going to sustain me anymore because I need to know the truth. I need to know meaning. I need to have some sort of meaning. Wow. And so that was the turning point that night in 2009. Wow. And so it just came upon you, this sense of needing to know meaning, and you've already made it to the top. You know, you had the money, you had the fame in a lot of ways. You knew all the famous people, you were in the inn, but it didn't fulfill you and you needed to know. And so you go back to California and you're in a coffee shop and you meet some people. Tell me about what happened. Yeah. So I came back to LA from Paris and, you know, I got busy with work again and kind of put that whole experience on the back burner and didn't think about it much. And then six months later, I was at a coffee shop in Silver Lake in Los Angeles. It's kind of this spot where my best friend and I used to go all the time on the weekends. And we're just casually sitting there drinking our lattes. And we noticed a table next to us And it was a group of young people, and they had Bibles on the table, Mm. which was shocking to us because we had never, I mean, I had never seen a Bible in public in Los Angeles in my whole time being here. And then at one point, they bowed their heads and prayed, and my friend and I just looked at each other. We're like, what is going on? And my friend was gay, too. And so we were half kind of intrigued by it, but also half disgusted by it. Mm. But at a certain point, my friend urged me because he loved to kind of get into conversations with just different people. And so he urged me to talk to them. And I was like, no, I don't want to talk to them. And he said, just ask them what they're doing. And so I turned around and I just said, you know, hey, are you guys Christians? And they were like, yes. And I said, you know, what does that mean? Because I grew up Catholic. I don't really remember. What is your faith? Like, tell me what you believe. And they, you know, explained the gospel to me and they explained their beliefs. And we had a long conversation, like an hour long conversation. And then I get to the $64,000 question and I said, well, what does your church believe about homosexuality? And they said, well, we believe it's a sin. And I just remember thinking at that moment, I just kind of accepted that Mm -hmm. because of that night in Paris six months before, I was kind of open to that, to just hearing whatever. So I just was like, okay. And then they invited me to their church in Hollywood the following Sunday. And I said, well, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I'll think about it. And Mm -hmm. so I had a whole week to think about whether I was going to go to this (laughs) evangelical church in Hollywood (laughs) or not. Right. Uh, So that was an interesting week. 
Mm. And was it on your mind at that point, the thought of, okay, am I going to go to this church and what will that mean? And are they going to accept me? Or did you have any struggles with acceptance, rejection or any of that? Or were you wondering if you would have to change? No, I wasn't wondering if the church would accept me. Actually, I never thought of that. It was more like, am I going to accept the church? Right, right. No, I get it. I get it. But uh, yeah, what my biggest concern was, was that I'd never been to an evangelical church. I'm going to go to this thing. And what if nothing happens? What if I just go and I'm just like, okay, I still don't know what the truth is. Then it's just going to be kind of a bummer, you know, and it's going to be kind of wasted time. And it'll also be sort of humiliating because I put myself out there. Right. So that was my concern during the week. But the following Sunday, I woke up and I was like, I guess I'm going to do this. And I just got up and got ready got in my car, drove to the church in Hollywood, which is in a public high school auditorium. And so, you know, I walk into this auditorium and I remember thinking like, oh, this is so different from the Catholic church. There's no stained glass windows and no smoke (laughs) and candles and, Mm. you know, bells. It was just a very plain auditorium. And I really appreciated that for some reason. I don't know. And so I walk and I hear the worship music playing and I just immediately cringed because I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot Christian music existed. Ugh. But then I was like, wait, it's not bad, actually. It's good. Mm. And then I found a seat. I don't know where the people who invited me, I don't know where they were. So I just sat by myself near the front. Mm. And after the worship music finishes, the pastor comes out and he starts to preach on Romans chapter seven for an hour. And the strangest kind of thing started happening when he was preaching all these things started shifting in me. Every word that he was saying, every sentence he was saying was resonating in my mind and in my heart as truth. And I didn't know why. I remember just in my mind thinking, oh my gosh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Mm. And it was the gospel. And I was like, and I remember thinking, this is the gospel. Like, this is so different from everything I ever thought religion was. Like, this is amazing. Wow. Well, you know what, Beckett, we want to hear more about what happened because I know you had a powerful encounter. And so we're going to have you share that on our next show. And I know there are people listening who can totally resonate with, okay, am I going to go to this church and what will it be like? Maybe no one has even stepped foot in a church. And so we want to pray for people right now that they would have the boldness like you did to step foot into a church and see what God does, because we know that your story doesn't end there. Thank you so much for being with us, Beckett. Thank you. You know what I really liked about what Beckett said was that he wasn't expecting the Bible, which a lot of people say is the word of God, to be true. And then mm-hmm. something inside of him was jumping in and saying, wait a minute, this is true. And things started shifting inside of him. And what I love about that is this is evidence that the Bible and the word of God is powerful. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It has the power to shift things to make you understand things better, clearer, to understand things in a pure light. And I just sense that there's someone out there and you're listening and you're like, you know, I, I'm a Christian, but I don't really read my Bible. I don't really know if it's really for me. I want to encourage you to read the word of God because God wants to speak to you. He will begin to shift and realign things inside of you to understand his truth and to understand the truth mm-hmm. so you can know how to go and how to walk in your life. He will be a lamp unto your feet. 
So, Father God, I'm just praying right now, Lord God, you'd fill us with your power, Lord God. Yes, fill Lord. us with your desires. Because yes, there's God. someone out there right now who needs that shift mm-hmm. right now. Jesus, through your word, make that shift in us right now in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. We need that shift, that alignment, Lord God, in our lives. Yes. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life. 